Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards. And I want to tell you what we do every time we gather is we talk about how we can help you expand your leadership trajectory in everything you're doing, whether it's at church, at home, or work. We want to help you expand and level up in leadership. And it is always an honor to have you join us on the podcast. I want to remind you that we always have an outline and notes for what we cover on our webpage. It's at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. It's a great resource and tool if this has been a good listen for you to share with your team and to be able to walk through what you've learned. Now, today on the podcast, I'm super excited because we have a special guest here all the way from Georgia, from Word of Faith. His name is Bishop Dale Bronner. Welcome to Texas. Thank you. So so great to be here with you. <laughs> Man, we are so glad that you're here um, and you've been spending some time with us and we're just grateful to have you come to Texas and um, just just grateful. So thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about your church and what's been going on there. You've been there a few years. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just, just a few years. I founded the church a little over 30 years ago wow. and uh, just I'm doing what I'm passionate about. Uh, and born to do. So every time we see needs, we are energized by that. And we try to come back to the table and say, what can we do to try to meet needs in this environment? So we're still doing that. And so it never gets bored. That's what I'm talking about. Well, we're grateful to have you here, um, a leader of leaders. And today, the question we wanted to pose to you, a question a lot of people are asking right now, as we've been through a pandemic or still in a pandemic or however people define it, sure. is the big word right now is innovation. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you if we could have a discussion today and with the leaders listening yeah. about what innovation looks like in the church. Wow. You know, back in the, in, in the day uh, in, in scripture, God spoke to people and he gave them divine ideas mm-hmm. and he's still giving people divine ideas. Now, we, we don't even have a need for innovation until we realize that something that we are currently doing is not reaching. Or we are not looking far enough into the future to anticipate what the needs will be so that we'll be ready to meet them when we get there. I mean, if you're trying to prepare for a child to go to school, you don't wait until they enroll in college to start saving to try to pay for right. that so they don't come with any student debt. All five of my children, when they graduated, there was no debt. And, but that was not an accident. Right. I, I, I start planning for that mm-hmm. when they were born because I knew that that was a part of their trajectory. So I think when we innovate, there has to be a problem to solve. There have to be limited resources. Mm-hmm. If you have too much resource, you'll hire people to figure things out and it'll stifle your own personal creativity. So when God limits our resources, it forces us to depend on him for creativity. Mm -hmm. When you have just a little bit of money, you learn how to make a meal with rice and beans. Uh (laughs) You know, if, if, uh, if I don't, if I have $5 to eat lunch, I know where I can eat. If I've got a hundred dollars, my options have now expanded, mm-hmm. but limited resources force you to be more creative. Mm-hmm. 
And these were the people back in the day that uh, when something was wrong with the antenna, you saw uh, on, on the television, they, they, they took a, a clothes hanger right. or some aluminum foil and put it on there and they improvised right. because they didn't have the money to get it fixed or to repair a part. It made them creative. So there has to be a, a, a problem to solve. There has to be limited resources. Um, there has to be a willingness to fail. If you're going to innovate, you have to have a willingness to fail. Um, the, the, the word in, in Hebrew for businessman literally means man of faith, man of faith, wow. because to go into business is a risk. Mm -hmm. Risk requires faith. You will discover in life that your salary is commensurate with the amount of risk that you're willing to tolerate. <laughs> okay. Now just think about that for a moment. The amount of money that you can make, I mean, when Elon Musk started Tesla, right. I mean, he had sold his interest in PayPal and, and had huge amounts of money. He reinvested every dime of that money into Tesla and had to borrow money to pay his rent. Mm -hmm. That was a huge risk, right. a huge mm -hmm. risk, but it had a huge payoff. Right. So uh, again, if you're going to innovate, there has to be a problem to solve. You have to have limited resources. Yeah to force your, your, your creativity. There must be a willingness to fail. You have to have a, a risk tolerance. Right. And number four, you gotta have a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> a crazy, and it's gonna sound like a crazy idea. Mm -hmm. Everything that is innovative seems crazy initially. Okay. It just seems crazy initially. And then once it is proven and everyone will ad adopt it and then now they see the brilliance in it, but you're always deemed a bit crazy before they celebrate uh, the brilliance of, of, of that particular idea. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's really good. I want to ask you a question. One of the things you said at the beginning was the ability to see ahead. Yes. To see ahead to what's coming, and you talked about planning for the kids. How, what tools, what resources, or it might be intense prayer, hmm. what do you do in the life of the church to see what lies ahead? Yeah, well. So how are you discerning that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I'll walk through a, a process. Here, here's number one that, that, that we do as, as a part of innovation. It's to discover. Mm -hmm. Before you start dreaming, discover what is already available. Every need is a door. Every need is an invitation. If there is a need, find a need and meet it. Find an itch and scratch it. Just start exploring on the Internet. See what's already developed. Because if you don't do the discovery work, I, 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 I had a guy come to me, he was an inventor, and he shared with me in, in confidence, he wanted me to sign a, a non-disclosure, but he shared with me some ideas. The first three that he shared with me, I, I, I said, are you aware that this already exists? he had not discovered mm -hmm. what was already available. Wow. So he was bringing something that he thought was innovative and it already existed just because it wasn't in his experience. I've, I've done ministry in nearly 100 countries around the world. Um, travel is an education in and of itself. He who never travels, uh, you know, uh, does disservice to themselves. The world is a book. Mm -hmm. And he who never travels only reads one page. So the moment that they commit themselves to say, you know what, I'm going to travel. I'm going to discover what's out here in yeah. this world. 
Ask, start praying and say, God, show me opportunities. Mm -hmm. Show me opportunities. And that's, that's oftentimes what it is. Opportunities, the word opportunities, I would underscore that. I would underscore the word potential. Because what God will entrust in your stewardship is limited to your capacity. Okay. He gave talents, which happen to be units of money, mm -hmm. um, to people according to their several ability. It was according to their ability. It, it wasn't a prejudicial thing. It was according to their ability to handle. To whom much is given, much is required. He gave it to them according to their ability. So... We, we, we discover what's available in the world. What's, what are the genuine needs? Where are we right now? What's, what's getting old? Um, people want to know when you innovate, they don't want to go to something that is just better than what was before. They look for ease. Okay. If you do something that is supposedly innovative or progressive, but it's too difficult to grasp, that's a step backwards. When we innovate, it has to make it more simple for people. We consider that to be progress. If you simplify mm -hmm. something that you, that you create or that you bring to the world, um, you have to be the first there. Um, if you can't be the first, be the best. The first is not often the best right. because people will see that and then they, there's opportunity there to take what is already developed, just like Elon Musk again. Mm -hmm. He took the technology of Nikola Tesla mm -hmm. and built on that. He didn't start from scratch. Right. It's a matter of reinventing. Amazon, Amazon.com is a reinvention, a rethinking of Sears and Roebuck. It's the same thing. It was a Sears and Roebuck catalog. Instead of the internet, right. we had a fat catalog. You called a telephone number, they delivered it to your home. It was nothing but Sears and Roebuck reinvented, and they sold everything at Sears and Roebuck. It was, it was people's Amazon, but you had to get on the telephone, give them the, your address, credit card, whatever. They shipped it to your home. Now it's done from a telephone, it's done from a, a, a tablet, it's done from a computer. But they were reinventing uh, a, a, an old idea. And sometimes in innovation, look to see the old, something that you already have that can somehow be repurposed, mm -hmm. restructured, or put on a different platform that multiplies it and makes it simpler for people. Now I don't have to carry around a fat catalog. The catalog can be carried in my pocket, mm -hmm. and, and then I can order from there. So it has to, better has to be understood in terms of more simple. Mm -hmm. But not everything that's simple is easy. <laughs> Herein lies another problem. So discover, discover the world, discover opportunities, discover your potential, your abilities. That's the, the first step, is just to discover. Uh, and then the second step is to dream. Start dreaming what could be. How could we make this better, faster, more customer friendly? Mm -hmm. uh, if we can't beat them in the quality that they have, let's beat them in the speed in which we deliver it. If we can't beat them in the speed, let's beat them in the customer service that we bring to the table. Right. Uh, when I was doing some training for Chick-fil-A's headquarters, I said to them, I said, you guys are the number one people in customer service in the fast food industry. And, you know, and, and that's not an accident. It's a result of, of training. It, it, it didn't cost them any other extra money, but they put people on a team and showed them mm. a, a vision. Talent needs a team to be terrific. It, it does. It just does. Talent needs a team to be terrific. So 
they, they, they built a strong teamwork of camaraderie among it. And so they, they started discovering opportunities that were in the marketplace. And then they start dreaming. How do we now seize this? Discover, dream. And then you have to design. Design what you have dreamed. Uh, I, when, I, when I built, I had to take the dream that was in my mind and sit down with architects mm-hmm. so that they could put it in a, in a format to where we could build it. If, they, if I didn't discover what needs were there, I never would have been able to dream properly, and then I wouldn't have been able to design. The next step is to actually do it. Do it. Roll your sleeves up and get her done. You know? There we go. And so I, I had to do it, just actually do it. And the, and the fifth step is to document it. Because if you're going to do it again, um, it, you, you will have to do it again. It's, it's actually, if you ever diagrammed it, it needs to be a circle to where it goes back into perpetuity that this is how you do that. It's the same way. If you're getting ready for transition, um, I wrote a book on mentoring. You know, mentoring, step one, I do, you watch, we talk. Uh-huh. Step two, you do with me, we talk, so that there's an understanding. Step three, you do, I watch, we talk, so we can tweak. Mm-hmm. Step four, you find another one to do, and then you talk. That's how you keep it in perpetuity. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we keep this thing mm-hmm. growing to where we discover what needs are in our community. Mm-hmm. For the school system, when the pandemic first broke out, for example, I was not aware that there were so many kids in poverty who depended on eating lunch at school. Right. And I immediately saw a need. We took our facility and made it a pickup place where kids, when there was no school, came and picked up their lunch every day. Good. And so we found a need. We discovered a need, and, and then we dreamed of how we could meet this. And, and then we designed it, the program, the system, to be able to do this in an orderly fashion. And then we did it, and then we documented it. And so it goes in perpetuity if you want to make something better. It's, it's again, discover. Discover what opportunities. Discover new technology. Discover partnerships that you might need to, to come alongside of and do this with. And, and that makes it a tremendous, rich, rich resource to us. Wow. That is good. Um, what would you say... So my, my question now is, um, you, scared the, you shared the school lunch idea. What is something in the lab right now that you're working through that process or maybe something recently that you're really excited about? Oh, wow. Well, you know, one of the things that we did, we, we built um, this, this system that I'm still expanding on. Um, it's, it's called our epicenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, I had never seen all of this, so I just started dreaming. And I put in our epicenter uh, the tallest rock climbing wall in the state of Georgia. I put a bowling alley in it. I put a fitness center in it with a 10,000-square-foot basketball court and an indoor track. I put a music recording studio in it. I put a food court in it. I put a performing arts auditorium in it, and I put a conference center in it. All of these things, these different elements, I put them all under one roof, and I was just dreaming. And, and so we're, we're a church. I'm, I'm about um, uh, helping to raise up leaders. I started an organization that we call CAP. It's the, it's the Christian Alliance of Pastors. Okay. And, and then we have a, uh, it's, it's really for leadership development. It is for um, 
a respite for fallen leaders, Mm -hmm. and then to be able, it's a church planting organization as well, to help plant churches. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm passionate about right now, because to me, societies are transformed by the planting of churches. Three -hmm. things have to be planted if you really want to transform a society. Plant churches, plant businesses, plant schools. Plant churches, plant businesses, plant schools. They have to have some place to work. Uh, to, to be able to earn income. Yeah. They have to be educated. There has to be a system of education. So plant churches, plant businesses, plant schools. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to make an impact 10 years down the road, plant a church. Don't just do a conference. Plant a church right. that's going to constantly do this work of disi- mm. discipleship, spiritual formation, transformation of human lives. You put that there. We, we do schools so that we can educate, keep this thing in perpetuity, raise up another generation. Mm-hmm. It, it only Everything that we have in God could be lost in one generation. Wow. So there, there has to be the school because secular education has become corrupt and mm-hmm. Christian schools are thriving, particularly amid the, um, the, the pandemic. We have a school and so our enrollment is up now because people are looking for other alternatives to see those need plant schools, plant churches, plant businesses. And so I I started in our earlier years, I have so many entrepreneurs in my church. And and here's why. I stimulated a culture of entrepreneurship. That's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur uh, on my dad's side of the family and a fourth generation preacher on my mom's side of the family, my great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, all of these, they, they, they were ministers. So I'm this unique blend of both ministry and business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it dawned on me, you don't have to choose between God and money. You only have to choose which one you're going to serve. That's right. And I made that decision a long time that I would serve God. If you have a choice between serving God and be broke mm-hmm. or to serve God with money, choose serving God with money. Money amplifies your voice and money broadens your opportunities. That's good. That's really good. Wow. Um, I can only imagine with what you're talking about about the epicenter. Um, how many people thought you probably had a crazy idea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But I want to ask you when you're going through that innovation process, what is the importance of the team around you mm. and the kind of people you need on your team? Yeah to innovate through that process and accelerate or keep that going strong? You know, I would, I would say if you're going to do um, that, have people of various generations on the team. Okay. Otherwise, you'll be able to suit your own, uh, you know, pleasures. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a baby boomer, <laughs> but I want it to build to reach millennials, Gen Z, and the alpha generation. So I brought some of those to the table to get their input. You know, I didn't want to assume. And, you know, uh, initially, my, my whole building is Wi-Fi capable and all, all of that. We, we, we do the, the high-speed uh, kind of Internet for them. And at first, we were going to have little iPod stations and everything. But technology, you know, is yeah. so rapidly changing. And yeah. I spent 10 years in IT, so I understand in, in leadership there. So yeah. I understand that world, and I was planning for it. I'm like, no, 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 we don't want to do this. They'll have their own entertainment on their own device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just bring it to them. We just give them a place to be able to hook up and, and connect, you know. So we were thinking through that. Uh, have people of different, different races, mm-hmm. have people of different age groups, 
uh, uh, different ideologies because the broader that input is, mm -hmm. the more people that it will connect with and relate. And so it, it does my heart good to, to watch because I'm in a business community, um, to watch people from the business community coming in and have memberships at our gym. And they're working out there, different races coming in and out, building something that is that is professional, is a place for them to be able to do um, training with their business teams um, that that bonds them together. So we we brought it from a from a business standpoint, from a a, a biblical standpoint in terms of a place to hang out. We've got a coffee shop there for them to be able to have fellowship with people, meet with politicians, uh, meet there. It's it's just a it's a community center. I built it for our community. And it is not on the grounds of my church. So it's a totally separate building. It doesn't look like a church. It's high contemporary. We've won two architectural awards for the design of the building. And uh, it's, it's been a, a great blessing. Uh, a friend of mine who's the president of Six Flags over Georgia, he loves our facility. He's one of our big fans, sends people over there. And so it caught his eye. It caught the eye of Tyler Perry. He was driving there, and he admired the, the uh, structure, the architecture, and he asked around, whose building is this? And somebody said, this is Bishop Bronner's building. And he called me, and he says, can I come by and see it? We were still in construction, but we were almost finished. Yeah. I said, Tyler, come on over. I'll give you a tour. And he came over, and I gave him a full tour, wow. and he loved the building. It had that wow factor for him. Wow, that's great. I bet that was cool. Um, that's amazing. Um, I want to uh, maybe last question is ask you, you've already mentioned Tesla and you mentioned Chick-fil-A um, and Amazon. Who are some other people that you look to that you see innovating both in the church and or out of the church that when you're looking at innovators, you're like, man, they're doing it. There's, there's some things to be learned from them. Wow. Um, I guess Google. Uh -huh. um, uh, some of the people at, at Apple, um, I don't know that, uh, that Apple has, has had the same level of innovation since Steve Jobs' mm -hmm. death. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's almost what I call like the liability of charisma is that you can't give that mm -hmm. to someone else. Mm -hmm. You can teach them steps, but... These folks, are, they come out of a different mold, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and they have a brilliance, but it makes them off balance in some of the areas, yeah. but they can, they, they can be incredibly creative in dreaming something. Here, here, here's what I, what I would say. Um, most of the times, it, it really takes thinking in a different dimension. It is impossible to think beyond your level of exposure. You have to be exposed to think on a different level. Um, most people's thinking is linear and not vertical. If you want to go a vertical, like, um, you know, the first typewriter that I, I grew up on, it, you know, it was manual, and you had to push really hard the keys. Then we had an electric typewriter, mm -hmm. and then we had white out, and then we had corrective tape and ribbon in it. But all of that was linear, that better typewriters, easier, smoother, all of that. That was still linear of the same idea. The word processor was vertical. Now it took, instead of writing on the paper, we were writing on, on, a, on, on a document that was an, an uh, electronic right. kind of a document. That was linear. That was linear. A total trumping of the idea. That took us to the next level. So that was, we need vertical thinking. 
that is not just an expression of something that is faster, better, on the same level. Mm -hmm. This was a disruption of the industry. And to be a disruptor, you have to think vertically. And I really think, in essence, that those vertical ideas come from being hooked up to God. You, you'd be surprised. Uh, I had a lady that, that said to me that she was the one that came up with the little yellow smiley face in all of the Walmart stores. Mm -hmm. She said God dropped that into her spirit when she was praying in the Holy Spirit. And that was, that was her creation and her gift that she gave to that organization. So I do think that because God is Elohim, creator God, mm -hmm. we are made in his image. We have that creativity in us. And when we connect vertically, he will give us something that is beyond, uh, above what I would call sea level. We have to be able to learn to see beyond sea level. Yeah. And that's a vertical thing that you see in the realm of the spirit that uh, you develop some different ideas. A friend of mine who's a billionaire uh, had another guy come to him and he said, you know, I want to be a billionaire too. The billionaire asked him, he said, he said, tell me about your friends. And he, and he mentioned a particular man. He said, yeah, he's a multimillionaire as well. And he mentioned another one. Yes, he's a multimillionaire. And he mentioned another. He's a multimillionaire. And the billionaire said, I see your problem. He says, you don't have any billionaire friends. So you don't know how billionaire thinks. Mm -hmm. They think on a different level. You know, I was raised, um, you give a man a fish, you'll feed him for a day. You teach him how to fish, you'll feed him for life. My dad thought on a different level. My dad said, buy the pond and charge other people to fish in your waters. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, so that's the kind. I grew up in a leadership culture home. Mm -hmm. I am the product of that. Um, poor people think either or. Rich people think both and. Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. uh, back in the day, people would not have thought about being a pastor and a business owner at the same time. Right. I don't have any conflict with that. Uh, because I don't have that kind of scarcity thinking. Uh, the, practically all of the disciples of Jesus were bivocational. Mm -hmm. They were bivocational right. people, and they did ministry and they did business. Right. And Peter owned the fishing industry. Uh, when Jesus needed to launch out on a boat because of the crowd that was thronging him, it was Peter's boat. Mm -hmm. He stayed in Peter's house at Joppa. That was because Peter owned the fishing industry, and he was a brilliant, just um, contumacious kind of a person that was hot-headed, quick-tempered, ready to fight at the drop of a hat. That was Peter, but he was a fisherman, and he owned that industry, and he was a fisher of men as well. That is good. That's some good stuff, y'all. <laughs> um, uh, maybe just quickly, um, why is innovative innovation so critical to the leader listening now in the church, why is it a necessity, not just an option? Uh, it, it, uh, innovation is a necessity and not an option because you either have control or you have growth, but you can never have both. Good. I mean, if you keep doing what you've been doing, what got you here won't get you there. That's good. It won't get you to the next level. We, we are dealing with complex issues now mm -hmm. that years ago you didn't have to deal with having to try to set parameters on a child's digital device to keep them from going to pornographic sites right. or witnessing that on the pornographic site of a friend of theirs mm -hmm. who has parents that don't share your values. Right. 
that creates different problems in our world. So if we keep doing the thing, the same things that we've been doing, we will grow into obsolescence. You either change or you die. That's the only option. You have to innovate and change or you die. We intend to leave a better world for the, the generation that is coming after us. We have a responsibility to that generation to be able to allow them to experience the light. Every generation needs their own light. If you grow up in someone's shadow, Plants need their own light in order to grow. And it causes a dwarfing when you've grown up in someone's shadow all of your life. That's why we don't live in the shadows of Jesus. We walk in the footprints of Jesus, where the kabod, the weight of his glory, we can see the footprint because a shadow is cast by an image standing in light. But when the image is taken away, the shadow disappears. Right. But when the image is taken, if you have put created footprints, the footprints will remain long after the person is gone. On. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It has been an honor to have you join us on the podcast today. And uh, wow, if this has blessed you, we want to encourage you to share it, send it, and let your team listen to it, or leave a review. Just help get the word out about how powerful this is and how this can help unlock the innovation on your team or at your church. Bishop Dale Bronner, what an honor it was to have you here with us today. We're extremely grateful. It's great being with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We cannot wait to see you again next month. And again, we'll have an outline on our webpage where you can download all the notes. Visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Thank you again for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.